All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Uh, today on the show, I have Joy Behar. Joy Behar is here. She's a comedian and a host on a talk show called The View. Do you know about The View? She also just wrote a new book called The Great Gas Bag, an A to Z guide to surviving Trump world. You can buy that. But uh, Joy and I go back, kind of. I remember her from, uh, we didn't do a lot of comedy together, but uh, but I, I, I always like her and I did appear, I, I was on the show. I have, to, I have to bring that up to her. I did her comedy corner thing on The View. God, how, how fucking long ago was that? I don't remember, man. There are all these little shows you could do. Uh, also on the show today, I have a brief chat with uh, Adam Goldberg on the phone. I did want to, let's read a couple emails. I, you know, like I said, I, you know, my life is pretty limited now because I'm working. And, um, and my days are pretty much going to set and doing the thing. I can't tell you a lot about what's going on there. Heartbreak mix, maybe. This, that's a subject line. Just listen to your convo with Lizzie Goodman. Good stuff. You mentioned that you spent the first decade of the new millennium listening to a single heartbreak mix. Help. I'm nine months into a breakup after eight years. I'm heartbroken, but stuck on the same old loop of magnetic fields and Hank Williams songs. Good choices, my friend. I know it would be weird and or vulnerable to share, but I was wondering if you might share a few of those tracks that helped you get through from one human to another. Either way, thanks for putting yourself out there and for the show. Lonesome Johnny. Lonesome Johnny. You got to pick your own tunes, man. You know the ones that work. You know the ones that solve the sadness in your soul. You know the ones that elevate sadness into beauty. You know the ones that expand sadness into something eternal and perfect and pristine, but not damaging something that elevates the sadness to just part of the human condition that makes poetry and change so powerful you know the songs and some of them just make you rock your head and make you go like fuck it and other songs make you go like oh man oh she was so good she was the best thing and now she's gone and then you go back to fuck her i'm fucking rocking and then you go back to like oh why but hey man life is still beautiful and sadness is pure but i'll get through it man you know, you got to find your own songs and it is too vulnerable. I would, I would be a little weird. It would weird me out to share my heartbreak mix and I got to go back and find it. I'd have to go back and figure out what songs I was listening to, but it was very, it was very um, eclectic, like for the feelings involved. you like, you got to put a, a, some uplifting ones. You got to put some blues on there. Very select blues. Don't overdo the blues. Just the ones that make you understand why the blues exist. And then the ones that have sort of a, anthemic kind of dark ballady feel the famous three chord situation the elevators and then you have to have a couple ones that are just screaming raw powerful you gotta mix it up gotta mix it up lonesome johnny and i I can only recommend what you're looking for i can't recommend the songs to you but good luck with it good luck with it and you'll get better you'll feel better don't obsess about it don't obsess about it it only took me like a couple of decades to really let it go Here's one called White Supremacists Cancel a Marching Band Contest. This is kind of topical because this turned out, I don't think this resolved itself, but as of today, 
they, this was they, they canceled. Yeah, dear Mr. Marin, long-time listener, first-time caller, so to speak. I felt like I needed to get something off my chest today. My youngest son, who's 16, informed me this morning that his marching band state contest was being canceled due to the protests by White Lives Matter, white supremacist group. They are protesting in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The championship was to be held at the university, MTSU. The university canceled the event due to safety reasons and concerns, which I understand, but it doesn't ease the disappointment and frustration of this group of young adults who have worked so hard since July to get to this point, not to mention the disappointment of the parents who have worked diligently with these wonderful, funny kids. My son's school is a large Nashville public school. Our music department has produced many fine musicians who play across the world as well as great educators to have this contest taken away by a group of hate mongers is disgusting going forward i would just like to state to the supremacist your words do not matter thanks for letting a band mom feel better sincerely mary band mom that mer- that that protest was canceled from what i understand but i doubt that they were did it in time to to get this uh to get these kids back on their horns and drums and uh and you know, I'm sorry, Mary, you're right. You're right. This is this is the proactive, beautiful things that, you know, America should be should be known for, which is uh, contributing community and uh music into the world, educators, uh creativity and not just uh just sweaty hate. Sweaty white hate. You're right. Well, I hope they reschedule that. I do. Willem Dafoe, doctor's offices. Hi, Mark. Loved your interview with Willem Dafoe. I was amused when he was talking about how patients screamed and cussed at his mother while waiting to see his father and then so sweet to his father when they saw him. As you recall, his mother worked in his father's doctor's office. I'm an office manager for a doctor 25 years. And let me tell you, nothing has changed. LOL. All the time, all the time, patients are rude and mean to the office staff when the doctor is running behind and has nothing to do with us. And then they greet the doctor so sweetly. If he says, sorry, I'm running late, they will respond, oh, don't worry, that's okay. Please, as a public service, tell your listeners not to yell at us for something that is not our fault because we don't forget that kind of treatment. Next time you call for an appointment, it may be a long wait to get one. Signed, I better leave her name out of this. <laughs> But I can tell you from growing up with a doctor in the house, my father, if it's not an emergency and you're trying to get your father, your doctor, <laughs> father, yeah, yeah, to talk to you, uh, he might just be eating dinner or taking a nap at home. If you're waiting there in the emergency room and it's not an emergency, he might be at the movies and he ain't leaving. That's all I'm saying. So Adam Goldberg, uh, we're buddies and he's stranded in Toronto, making a TV show, and he's wants to. He's trying to crowdfund some support to uh, make a sequel to his film, The Hebrew Hammer. It's called The Hebrew Hammer versus Hitler. Um, to be part of that, to crowdfund and be part of the production, go to the Adam Goldberg on Twitter for the link because he couldn't seem to come up with it in a practical way when I talked to him. But this is a little phone call I had with Adam Goldberg. He called me, and uh, we talked it out. Hello? Hey, buddy. Adam. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? What's going on? What time is it there? Where are you? In China? I'm in fucking Toronto, man. Yeah? What time is it there? Um, is, it, is, it an, is it another day? It's, a, it's, it's 7 p.m. here. <laughs> what time do you think it is? 
I don't know. No, it's is it seven p.m.? No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, seven p.m. It's like the other side of the world. No, it's not. It's like New York, it's, isn't it? It's like yes, yeah, it's, it's one. It's a three hour time difference. So what are you doing? Do you have uh? Are you up there with the whole family? Oh, are you recording this? Yeah, I'm recording it. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So what what are you doing up there, buddy? I haven't seen you in a while. I miss you. Did they? Are you being held hostage by a television show? Yeah. Remember when we were in the car that day? Yeah, you were. You to, were very. Uh, you were very manic. You were very manic, okay. and you had a lot of ideas about things. I hadn't seen you in a long time, and you were full of uh, ideas and anxiety. And you didn't decide. You were deciding whether or not you should go to Canada, and then you were, mm-hmm. you were uh, upset about your house not selling, and you thought maybe right. you would never work again. There was a lot going on yeah. that day in the car. Yeah. 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 The takeaway is I got a, real, a lot of really nice clothes from Mr. Freedom that day. That's right. We went to the jeans store, and mm-hmm. you, you, after telling me you were worried about money, you spent like a lot of money on pants. <laughs> I, which None of which I've worn. Is that true? Um, You're compulsive. Uh, yeah, I'm compulsive. So that day, or that day before, I think, or something, I was offered this show Taken, the, this NBC show, and I took the job, and that's what I'm doing here in Toronto. Is that is that a show that what season is it should I know that show? I mean, I don't know that you should know it any more than I know any show. Um it, it's uh it, it's the second season, but only Clive and Jennifer, the two leads of the show, are are uh coming back. Well what are you playing? What what's your character? Do you play a a, a guy? I don't know. You don't, I don't I don't know. How and how 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 much have you shot? A lot? Roughly half. And you have no idea who you're playing? I'm not sure. No, I play a hacker. I play like a like a like a like a kind of a Snowden esque character who gets co opted by the government, basically. Oh, and how's the food on set? I don't eat it. I ate it for about a week, and I, I was I was uh, almost immediately sick each and every time. Often so gassy on set that I'd have to excuse myself. Um, <laughs> so uh, so now I either don't eat or I I uh, I have like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something. Oh yeah, see, like I started shooting glow, and like I, you know, I don't even know what it is. Like the the catering. Wait, food. I'm sorry. Back up. Sh- should I have heard of that? Yeah, it's a TV show on Netflix. It's about uh, female wrestlers. Oh, Netflix! I know what Netflix is because yeah. there's a building outside of my house, my old house, that says Netflix on it. Yeah, that's that's the that's the building where you work. No, I'm I'm on set in Atwater uh, on some st- oh, stages. Yeah, I'm I'm doing a TV show. It's like it's like a ten minute drive from my house. It's pretty nice. <laughs> is that why you did it? <laughs> that's the only reason I took it. I'm like, I was, well, this is shooting where? Um, that is my, that's my dream. No, you get dream jobs. Your own show, which was basically, I don't know, let's just say it was shot in your house. I mean, yeah. I know it wasn't. It was around but, the corner. Um, but, but effectively, yeah. you know, rebuild my, my garage a block away. Yeah, and, and then this is like a 10-minute drive for you. I have to go to fucking relocate my family every time I work. Well, what do you want me to do you're, about that? You're blessed. You're blessed. I'm blessed, and I don't even appreciate it as much as I should. No, and you, no, you don't. You don't. So in that drive, speaking of glow, I offered you. I, I well, we had been talking for a while about doing something together, other than my guest appearance on on. Uh, Marin. I think it was called Mark. What yeah. Was it called Mark? Marin. 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 Yeah, we were going to go with Goldberg, but we thought that was weird. Right, yeah. that would have been weird. Yeah. Um, right, no, we were talking about doing a narrative film about two brothers, one who was in trouble, mm-hmm. uh, there was a body involved, and yeah. there, we were at a country house. And then I don't know, I don't think you should give it all away. 
No, I'm not. Give it all away. But that was one, and I have another idea about a pseudo, a mock documentary. You want me to pitch it to you right now? We're playing, we're playing ourselves, okay? You're Adam uh-huh. and I'm Mark, and we're driving yeah. across country, and we have some yeah. problems, uh, you know, uh, in Idaho where we get kidnapped by uh, neo Nazis. Oh yeah, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. It's great. But I wanted but to. I, is, I added we're something. We're never going to do it. I we're added never going to do it. You, well, you know why? Listen to me. I added something. Their their what? goal in life was to to kill you exactly like you were killed in Saving Private Ryan. Well, you make a joke, but those are the tweets I get. People send me gifts of me getting killed in Saving Private Ryan. I'm and sorry. I'm like, yeah, that was the greatest day of my life. I'm uh, you sorry. Know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you're only reminding me <laughs> of one of the high points of my career. But but yeah, that is a good, that's, that's very funny and ironic and uh, quite meta. And disturbing. And somehow related to exactly what I'm dealing with right now, um, yeah. which is the crowdsourcing or crowd equity crowdsourcing of this movie, Hebrew Hammer versus Hitler. And when it was announced, I have gotten uh, more, you know, bedwetting uh, white nationalists with, you know, yeah, dorky avatars. Uh, yeah, what are they Warming saying? up ovens for me than yeah. than than I have since Sarah Silverman retweeted something I said about eleven months ago. Just for the for the crowdsourcing, what is it? How do people go give money to it? Well, you're investing in it. You're investing in it through this site called, well, Indiegogo. You know Indiegogo. Yeah. They're like Kickstarter, right? So Indiegogo started this platform of MicroVentures, which was like, which was an investment site. And, uh, it's equity crowdsourcing. So basically, you know, you can give $100, you could give $50,000, but you're investing in the film, so you're not just getting a mug or whatever you're getting, uh, Oh, you so know, you, you can, can have a mug. I'll make mugs or whatever. So you, uh, you, so your guy who makes your mug should make the mug. Sure, but and, you uh, you give money. You're part of the film, and you get a back end deal with the donation. Yeah, I don't know. You get some. You're part of the waterfall. It's all explained on the site. You know, waterfall. Um, so it's, you, you you know how there's a waterfall and and and, and back end deals and and you know for you know the first money goes here, first money, second second money goes here, third money goes here. So I don't know where you get your money, but you get your money in the back end. I I feel like I'm. So getting, I, I I got I gotta say I feel like I'm getting fucked already. Uh, well, it's because I've been saying back end a lot. Um, so that <laughs> hits a little too close a, to home. It doesn't sound but, like but, I'm going to win. But Mark, but no. Mark let's, let's be clear about something. Uh, I don't want your money. I offered you a role in as, the movie. As Jesus, I know. And, 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 yeah, it's Jesus. People, hello. People of, of, of Mark Marin, you don't want to see Mark play Jesus Christ? But I'm uh, 54 and, years on, old. It's okay. It's okay. I understand. So tell me the idea, and then like we're going to drive. We're just going to drive my thousands of people over to the Indiegogo site to get a piece of this movie. What happens to Hebrew Hammer? He goes back in time. Oh uh, well. He... So well, here, here, just to be you know. So so to be clear, John Kesselman was the writer director, and I made this movie, The Hebrew Hammer, in 2003. And at the time, I sort of was wary of being kind of over identified with 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 like something that sort of felt like a franchisey type thing. And uh, and also with being so overly identified as some sort of Semitic superhero. But but I kind of, you know, I, I gave into it. And, um, and it turned out to be kind of, you know, rewarding. And people, you know, it, turned, it was a kind of a cult movie and blah, blah, blah. So, um, and also it like moved people, even though it's a completely ridiculous comedy. It, 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 um, it offended a lot of people, but it, but it moved you know, it was like a Jewish power movie. It's a it's a, it's a parody of black exploitation films, but you know, I'm a Jew. But, but, uh, but he's a 
you know, he's a Hebraic. Uh, it's true, yeah, true no, I, I know. I, I saw it. It was great. I like how you called it a franchise movie. Like, you know, like this is like this is going to go on for a while. I mean, well, all I'm saying is, is that it kind of lent itself to that. It had a comic book reality okay, to okay. it, and that kind of thing. Okay, so, so yeah, so, so now for a year, for, for the subsequent couple of years after the film was released, people, and this was before Twitter or whatever, so I don't know where they were telling me this. I don't know in the street, Friendster. Um, see, seemed to be clamoring for a sequel. So in 2005, I said to John, I was like, we might as well do it, but if we're going to do it, we should go after the big kahuna. I mean, we went after Santa Claus in the first one or whatever, but we should go after, you know, Hitler. And the only way to really do that, obviously, is to use a time travel device. So so we kind of worked the script out. John wrote it. And, um, you know, it had gone through a variety of iterations. And I, I would sort of have one foot in, one foot out throughout the years. But during the ascent of Trump over the last, you know, 18 months, um, I swear to you, my inbox, my Twitter mentions were sort of like 50% like a clarion call for resurrecting the Hebrew hammer and 50%, you know, we're warming up the oven for you. It was like really, you know, tacky uh, anti-Semitic imagery from the 30s. And um, and so I really thought, huh, this has got a more, it has, a, it has more context than it did before. Before yeah. it felt almost arbitrary. Right. And so I began to talk to John about doing a series of shorts that were literally related to Trump. Um which were quite funny, actually, and we sketched out about five of them. And in the end, we said we should just devote all the attention, you know, all the effort into trying to, uh, you know, make the film. And so we kind of bastardized the pilot premise of the shorts uh, into the campaign video, which is in effect that we're resurrecting the Hebrew hammer. We're bringing him out of retirement because of the rise of Trump. But the film itself makes no literal reference to that, although there is an infomercial star who becomes a um, uh, president of the United States. Um, oh, yeah. and, uh, who's rather demagogic. And then, um, and yeah, we need to go back in time and, and, you know, deal with of Hitler. Course it's, a won- it's a wonky beta time machine. It's called a time sucker. Um, a time sucker. And, uh, and that's how we end up meeting Jesus, by the way, which is the, which is the role that I wanted you to play. You go back too far? Yeah, it goes all over the place. It's, I've been describing it as Bill and Ted's okay, okay, wait, adventure wait, meets show up. Oh, well, that's good. So let's talk about this Jesus idea. Is there any way that I could be like, um, the last temptation of Christ Jesus, like the the whole story of Jesus was was made up, and I'm I'm actually in my fifties. Well, okay, here's the here's the thing, right? So you were talking about your age and all of that, and then I went home and I started to think about it because initially, first of all, I was thirty years old. I was actually <laughs> wait, how old was I? I was Jesus's age when we made the first one. So when we started making the second one, I said I want to play Jesus because. Um, you know, when you look at those composite pictures of what Jesus may have looked like, yeah. they always end up looking like a kind of black version of me, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and um, and so I thought, you know, that'll be funny, because we'll go back in time, and we'll meet Jesus, and I'll play Jesus. And then, you know, I show him pictures of the way that Jew, the Jews have been depicted. They, well, I play in both roles. So the Hebrew Hammer shows Jesus pictures of the way that uh, Jesus has been depicted in, you know, in Catholic and yeah. mainstream uh uh, culture and art and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, we all have a good laugh about it. But then once I started to think about it, I was like, I don't want to fucking play that role. I want something great. And, and I, I've been wanting to do something with you. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a no brainer. And, and, uh, and you can, uh, you know, you can do it and you can be out of there. You know what I mean? It's not like, four okay. Weeks right, yeah, so, okay. 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 So that the like, point is, the point is, mm. I was thinking about your age. Cause right. I had forgotten he was 33, but yeah. think about it. Think about the way guys actually aged in those days. Are you know, you, you think he looked 54? Of course he did. You think he looked like fucking, you know, Jared Leto, a 20 year old Jared Leto? Sure. Who wouldn't no. want to, who wouldn't want to kill that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
funny. So okay, um, so how do you get? How do how do we? It sounds like a great idea. I'm excited to almost be part of it. And how? <laughs> How, oh my so god! What? What? Where do people go? Can you make it? Easy? I don't. They, if you go to my Twitter or my oh Instagram my and all god. that, I'm just becoming unabashed. You're, you're not. There's a, unabashed groveling going on. So it's like Lincoln bio should be my new fucking. Uh, why? Why? Why um, frame it that way? Why not frame it as you're you're an artist that did a funny thing and you've got this great idea to do this uh, sequel to the funny thing and you need some you 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 you're applying a. Okay, creative... I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm an artist. And I did this funny thing, and I have this uh, idea of having everyone collaborate and make it with us. So you're not only you're not only going to get to see the film, you're getting to be a part of the film. And in success, you too will be successful. How is that? Pretty good, but you don't know the yeah. you don't know the website. Uh, it's it's app.microventures.com. Wow. All right, I'll have to clean that up when we put this on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I. I don't, you know, I, I know, don't, listen, a, man, I don't make the rules. No, I know. enforce them. I'm glad you sound good. You sound healthy. You sound well. You don't sound like you're sweating or worrying about things. I'm on Prozac. <laughs> it's working? I think it kind of is. Okay. When are you coming back? Although, February. Can we, oh my God. can we please have a, like a, like a, or like a, a date? Yeah, we'll go out with the girl, or just me and you. I got to go watch you buy pants again, or do you want to go out? With no, the... no, we'll go out with the girls. I I envy that you're in Canada. You know, you might end up staying there. Please don't say that. Uh, anyway, I'm <laughs> proud of you, Mark. Uh, you're, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I am. Thank you very much, and I appreciate um, that, and I yeah, appreciate our friendship, and I and I want you to take care of yourself. Stay in touch, will you? Uh, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, I'm only, a, you know, I'm only a a, a, a text away. You know that. <laughs> okay, buddy. I'll talk to you later. All right, talk soon. Bye. As I said before this thing, go to the Adam Goldberg on Twitter for the link to the crowdfund. And uh, yeah, get involved. Let's make the Hebrew hammer happen. Maybe I'll be in it. So, Joy Behar. Yes. I've known her for years. Not well, but she's a comedian. She's on The View. She's done a lot of little talk shows here and there. But uh, years ago, I did The View when she had her comedy corner thing where you'd sit there in this weird little you know, fake brick wall corner that was built on the set of The View. In my recollection, I stood up and did some stand-up and then sat down with her. She thinks I, that she just set me up and I just did the stand-up sitting there. I don't remember. I just know there was a time where there were all these cable shows where all of us did them and The View. It was sort of an interesting, weird little big deal. It's like, that's a lot of people watch that. I'd like to dig up that footage of me on The View doing Joy's stand-up corner. Perhaps I will. I'll let you know. But this is Joy Behar. We talked about a lot of things, but she's got a new book, The Great Gas Bag, An A to Z Guide to Surviving Trump World. You can get that wherever you get books. And this is me and Joy. She was just here, by the way. This just happened. So this is me and Joy Behar. You good? Good morning. Oh, How are good you? morning. Look at you, good early morning. in the morning. But you're all done up already. Well, I, you know, I took, I had to do more last night. That's yeah. Why. And I did access and the rest of it. You know, when you're pushing a book. Yeah, the book. Yeah, let's do it right out of the gate. <laughs> Joy Behar, the great gas bag and A to Z study guide to surviving Trump world. Now, when you wrote this, yeah, you know, it's obviously it's jokes. 
you know, and it's fun and it, and there it's cutting. But There's a yeah. lot of material, a lot of information also. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know, and it's all categorized. But you know, you talk about everyone who's involved. You talk about the politics behind it, and you talk about him. But it gets progressively more scary and more difficult to make jokes, doesn't it? After a certain point. Well, yeah, but that's why we have to keep doing. <laughs> I, I'm, it. I'm on board. I yeah. mean, you know, we're comics, yeah. and comics are going to save the world, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're the only ones that really tell them the truth. I yeah. mean, no one's telling the truth anymore, but comedians do. Right, and they and they really stick it to him, and you yeah. know, and. and affects him there have yeah. been moments because like i get uh you know and maybe a few months ago there's sometimes i get you know I, I watch alec baldwin do his thing right you know and then like there was a, a couple of times when he was doing that where i was like no oh, we're you know he's gonna blow up the world because of this like like literally well, i trump, thought that, you mean yeah, trump, trump would get so, so in, insulted that he was gonna do something insane because of a comic hasn't stopped me from talking about him but but I, it's, well you know it's interesting because i'm after him every day on the view right whoopi is too yeah. and anybody else. but he never says anything about us i no. think he's a little scared of the comedians yeah he might be scared of us Could well he's, he, he learned how to shut up like yeah i think he's pretending like he doesn't register it maybe yeah. he doesn't i don't know how mentally ill he is i know he's a little mentally ill something's wrong with him no doubt yeah and, I, but you know what i don't even fault him 100 percent. it's the congress and yeah. the enablers and the collaborators the vichy governments that yeah. we're talking about here. right yeah. right yeah the craven sycophants and people that are willing to uh, and greedy well, yeah, it's all greed. I, yeah, I, I can't. But you've, how, but you've been in New York a long time. You must have had other experiences with the guy. I did. He was on The View a couple of times. He was there the day he came on to his daughter. Remember that? You uh, know yeah, about right. That? That's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, was, Where he said he, that she, he would be dating her. If, yeah, uh, if she wasn't my daughter. I'd be, I said yeah. to him, who are you, Woody Allen? Oh, and he sure. kind of laughed at that. Yeah. That's how craven he is. You got through to him? And then another time, uh, we had him on the phone when he was first campaigning. Yeah. I saw. Oh, I saw him at Radio City at, right. uh, at an Adele concert. There he was with Melania. Yeah, and I went over to say hello to him. This is before I realized how destructive he was yeah. going to be and how the fact that he was going to win. No one did. No one did. And he said, "Can you believe the numbers? The poll numbers?" He was even then. It was early. And I said, Donald, what do you want to do this for? What, yeah. what, are, you, what are you getting out of yeah. this? And what do you say? Nothing. The poll numbers. The poll numbers. So he was just. He was just excited that he is surprised. Well, yes. I mean, I talked to other guys. You know, I you know I had Jeff Ross in here, and you know the, the comics that knew him before. You know, and they they're at the beginning. Even Stern was not apologetic, but sort of like you, you know he knew the guy. Yeah, Stern. Yeah, right. You know, and then Jeff Ross was on you know Trump's plane and had a certain you know uh, you know relationship and right. dynamic with right. the guy. Right. And their first their first thoughts were you know like initially they're like oh, I'm a little worried about him, and I I would hope that that's turned around. What do you mean they're worried about him? Well, he doesn't eat well. He does, he's out of his league. He's incompetent. He's in trouble and this and that. But now it's like, no. Don't worry about him. I'm not worried about no, him. No, no, I, you no. Know, I'm terrified every I, fucking day. I went to his wedding also tomorrow. You did? Yeah. My manager at the time, Richard Fields, you know yeah. who he was? I, Rich Fields from uh, Catch. Catch Rising Star. The other half of Catch. Yeah. With yeah. Rick Newman. Rick and Newman, yeah. And, and Richard Fields was uh, his in some kind of business with Trump. Uh -huh. And so I was invited to the wedding. And it was like, first of all, Marla appeared like is it like uh, the song of Bernadette you know the, when she went to Lourdes and the Madonna appeared to, to Bernadette it was yeah. like that she sort of appeared yeah. in a grotto <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like I always say there, there wasn't a wet eye in the house you know and so uh, I get up to dance yeah. and uh, I come back to my table and the film is taken out of my camera really? like the Godfather like the, like the Godfather like the KGB really I said, what does he think? I have a picture of him smooching with Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> why, would they, why would they take the film Because she was there also in O.J. Simpson. Um, I don't know. Oh, they didn't want any pictures. Yeah. Hold on a sec. Okay. 
I got. I had. A, I, I, got, I got to get new equipment, Joy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you got Obama to come to this neighborhood. Well, I, did, I surprised myself. I, know, and I don't I, even know where the hell we are. In where Hi- are we? Highland Park. But I was surprised myself. I thought, you know, if, the, if I was going to interview the president, it would be someplace, you know, co- you know, different. Yeah, the, the White House maybe. But no, he wanted to come here. How, how it was you, an ordeal. It but was how an did ordeal. you get him here? He wanted to do it. Like they, I think there were some staffers on his uh, that were fans of the show, and they started talking about it. it. Took about a year for it to unfold. Yeah, but yeah, but eventually, you know, it happened, and they, the Secret Service came. Everybody came, and it was that was that. And there was no re- he did wasn't running at the time. No, he was ending. It was ending. Yeah, it so was, he just liked the idea. That's what I like about that guy. He'll yeah. just do something like that. Well, I think what he said is he really wanted to get people involved in politics in a very general way. That's why he did it. He was reaching out to people to get involved, which I is see. a problem. Yeah, there's a whole side of uh, this political spectrum that are sort of self-involved and just, you know, want things to be okay. Yeah. And they don't do anything. No, no, that's the majority. Right. The majority of people. I, I have to, I think I'm part of that at some point, at some times. Yeah. Even though with Air America, everything else during Obama, I was like, I think things are okay. Yeah. I'll be okay. Things feel good for me. Well, Fuck remember, it. Remember when he was in office, we all yeah. relaxed. We knew the daddy was taking care of business. <laughs> he wasn't provoking North Korea. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you did feel like someone was in charge. Even if you didn't hear from him, you're like, yeah, I think we're okay. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah. smart. He's not going to do anything yeah. stupid. You yeah. Know? You know, I lived through the Cuban Missile Crisis. I don't know how old you are. I was I'm in 54. college. I'm older than you, 20 years. Yeah. And and I, I lived through that, and I was afraid I was going to be blown up. I really believed it. I feel that now. I'm feeling that now in being in L.A. I feel it. Like I, they, I worry about it. You really being do. Being incinerated. Yeah. yeah. But I don't believe that any government is actually going to pull the trigger first. I think it'll be like a rogue thing. Well, they, But that's what North Korea is. Well, no, but they were government. They don't want to die. They know they'll die. Yeah. yeah. They don't want to die. They're having a good time. You're optimistic. That that Kim Jong-yum-yum, yum yum, as Whoopi calls him, is having fun. You think so? Yeah. I think (laughs) so. It's like when I saw Saddam Hussein and the way he lived, I said, this guy's never going to do anything really destructive to himself. Because he's taken care of. They, he, he was on the payroll yeah, was for the, years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, Kim's not on our payroll. No. Not in a long Isn't time. Isn't he on China's payroll? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think so, but yeah. I think they're pulling back a little bit. So, like, when, like I remember when he started on The View, because I, uh, I did the Comedy <coughs> Corner. Do you yes. remember? You had me on there. Oh, yeah. When the hell was that? Like, how long oh, ago? Like, I'm there 20 years. Right. Two years off for being fired, but then I came back. Right. Well, but, but um, yeah, but, that but, was a long time ago. Right? Like, was it did the 80s? Kill? I did good. Yeah. I remember I felt okay about it. I was always a little angry and a little weird, but I mean, but you had me on. I did I, I did well. Yeah. It was, it was sort of an interesting setup. It was just on the view set. There was a corner that was made out of boards, and you sat there, and then you go stand in front of the people and come sit with you for a minute. And I sat you up. I yeah, sat you up. Right. Yeah. But like, I, I was trying to figure out where, for years I thought you were Jewish. I don't know. I, I just I assumed. I'm not. I'm Italian. I'm both I, sides. I know. Yeah. And I, I, I think I've worked with your daughter. A million years ago. Yeah, she remembers you. Yeah, I don't Wait, think... Was, was that politically incorrect? She was at politically incorrect. Yeah. She was at HBO Downtown. And I was doing short attention span theater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and, right. She and, worked there. Yeah, she yeah. worked at HBO Downtown. Yeah. And I was always sort of like, wow, Joy's got a daughter that old? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm older, that, I'm older than I look. No, you look great. Thank you. But I'm older than I look. But where'd you... Where'd I you... started later than every other comic because I had a job. I was a teacher. I raised a kid. Well, where, where'd you grow up? Where'd you come where, from? Oh, Williamsburg. Oh, Brooklyn, yeah? Which old is, Brooklyn. Old, well, old style. I, mean, I used to hang out at a mozzarella store i mean now in williamsburg it's, it's, so before the polish 
the Polish were in Greenpoint. Oh, that's right. We Greenpoint. were in the Italian section. So Williamsburg and was then all... there's the Hasids over there, too. That's right. That's what it was. It yeah. was like one side Hasidim, one side Italian. Yeah, my, my mother worked for the Hasids. She was a uh, sewing machine operator, and she worked for the Hasids. That was, that's where they all were. I remember yeah. when I was growing up, it was like Williamsburg was for the Jews. It was yeah. for the real Jews. The real, the, the the real the heavy, Jews. heavy duty Jews. Yeah. So you grew up in that, and then there was tension, right, eventually? Well, no, no, no tension. No. I grew up with bookies. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and people like that. And, you know, it was it was, a, it was actually an interesting childhood, although it was sort of sad. I never went to camp. I never learned to swim. I never rode a horse. I just hung out at the, on the stoop playing jacks my whole life. It's kind of, kind of somebody said, that's so sad. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty exciting. No, <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I think it New gave York. me, you know, it gave me material. Yeah. But like it, how many kids in the family? Just me. Really? What kind of Italian family is it? <laughs> One with a hysterectomy. <laughs> We're going to stop it now? That was it? <laughs> My mother had a hysterectomy after I was born, so she, she never had another one. She didn't want any more, I guess. My father was a compulsive gambler. We we never had a dime. Oh, really? He, he was a truck driver. He worked for, uh, his, his idol was Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Because he was a teamster. Yeah. And you know, you'd realize that the teamsters in those days, this is, this is the way unions operated. My father got his birthday off. Yeah. Right. I mean, who? Where the <laughs> fuck do you hear that? That your father, that the grown men who are driving trucks are getting their birthdays. That, and that was in a contract negotiation yeah, somewhere. It was. Our guys are going to get their birthdays. That's off. right. And, that's and they're going to wear hats and have a cake. <laughs> I mean, and now all they want to do is bust unions. Yeah. You know, and the reason that we could even have food on the table it was because my father was in a union. Yeah. Even though he gambled most of his money away, but it was enough <laughs> left right. over. So what kind of what kind of truck? Where did he drive? What for who? Coca Cola. Oh really? Yeah. So he was the, he worked for Coca Cola. Yeah. And he was a union guy driving Coca Cola around. That's right. Yeah, stopping everywhere to get on payphones to bookies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One time he he played the horses a lot. Oh yeah. So one time uh, he was staring into space, and I thought he was having an epileptic seizure. He was just listening to the results from Belmont. He was. I'm serious. <laughs> just hypnotized. It's like, what's the matter with you? And then he's with oh, the running. Here they come. Yeah. That whole thing. He was really degenerate gambler. Oh really? Yeah. But did he go to like? Did he go? Did he play cards or anything? No, he didn't play cards. Just the horses. That's and all he liked. So did you have guys coming to collect? money at the HFC house? HFC called. Yeah. House Finance, uh, oh, really? uh, they yeah. called my mother and they said, we're going to take your furniture. She said, take him, leave the furniture. Good <laughs> <laughs> stop him, huh? You know. Oh, man. She, I said, why don't you divorce him? She go, where am I going to go? Right. Well, it's, how about around the corner, the Gamanda and Jalutza's house? <laughs> I'll leave, get out. Yeah, someone she, put me up. The neighborhoods were tighter then, right? Everyone oh, took yeah. care of each oh, other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, everyone knew he was a degenerate gambler. They probably felt bad for your mother. The whole block were degenerate, degenerate gamblers. <laughs> um, bookies lived next door. Some guy named Ninuch, he went to jail. Yeah. I'd say, what happened to him? they say, oh, he went to college. College? <laughs> he didn't even go to elementary school. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but that's exciting. And your mom worked for the, the Hasidim. My, 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 the Hasids, yeah, they used to say, Rosie, come to my daughter's wedding. You'll dance with with my wife. She's like, what? <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> They're a very odd uh, bunch, but... Uh, the Hasids? Yeah. I mean, I get in trouble like sometimes because like, I'm a Jew and like, and I sometimes make fun of them and then a couple of them will email me and they'll be like, what are you doing? Why the are you Hasids? making... Yeah. Yeah, they're more. They're elite. listening to the show, though. Huh? One or two, just one or two, and uh, the one of the guys, he's no longer a chassid. He, 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 he <laughs> criticized me, and then he said, "I understand." Then the next thing I know, he's out here. He's trying to be an actor without the curls. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he bailed. 
He bailed on the Hasids. One time I did a set at Catch, and these two Hasids oh. came out afterward, yeah. saw me on the street, and they yeah. said, I hear you like Jewish guys. And I said, not that Jewish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, my ex-husband's a Jew. The one I have now is Jewish, but the Hasid, no. <laughs> yeah, the, you're not that far on the spectrum. The look you're way, is- you're, you're way on the spectrum. <laughs> too far off on the spectrum. <laughs> I like the middle range. The middle range. <laughs> but so, you, you basically have given up stand-up, haven't you? No, no. I just put oh, a, you still I just, do it? I just did a special on Netflix. Netflix. I'm out every week. I go out to. I usually work oh. out the comedy store here. I go oh, tonight. That's great. Oh yeah, yeah. I just did uh, the best special I've ever done. I mean, like the, you know, for for Netflix. I never stop. No, I just sort of. <laughs> I'm just off, off to the side. Now, like so the, you're a work, workaholic, <laughs> you said. A bit, you know. I do. I mean, I, I I'm compulsive. I because some part of me doesn't see it as work. Like I, I there's still something about comedy. Where I'm like, it's a it's a privilege in some way it to is. be successful at that. It is true. And it I'm is. shooting a TV show now, you know, that I'm on. So, like, I feel that it's work. But, I'm yeah, I just keep going. I so, keep you're pushing. actually making some money. Yeah, I do. All right. So, wait. So, when did, what did you do? Okay, so you grew up uh, playing jacks, you know, with a... <laughs> With a compulsive gambling father. Go uh, up on the roof. A, a guy would expose himself. I'm really early years of exposing men. they were jacking off in cars in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's I been going on all. forever. It's going on forever. <laughs> men. Yeah. They're, they're men. They're, that's right. It's what is same. it with guys, though, that they and feel like... Like when they... Yeah, and they would like send pictures of them as if... No, no woman is that interested in seeing a, like a flying dick. Yeah, I did. if it's like attached, a detached dick, maybe yeah. if it's attached and the a dick is doing something. Yeah, but to just see the actual penis is not interesting to women. I don't know. Have you have you talked about this with the ladies? Yeah, we we discuss this every once in a yeah, while. Like we, a, we try to figure out men and where they're coming from. Like, what's his name? Um, Uma, Uma, no, the one with the schlong. What's his name? Anthony oh, Weiner. Yeah, yeah. Weiner, like he yeah. sends a picture of his dick. Anyway, let's go back to comedy. <laughs> so what? You grew up there, and then what happens? Forget about it. No, because I don't re- like when I was coming up. I don't like. I remember you were always on TV. I don't remember seeing you doing stand up, but I was not always in New York. Well, I was always scared of stand up. I'm always been a little nervous about, it, even though I do it all the time, and I have been doing it for twenty, thirty five years right? at this point. But there's something about it that scares the shit yeah, out of me, well, and so I get nervous before I go out, and I just can't. T- I mean, Jay Leno said to me, "Why?" Why are you always on panel when yeah. you come on this show? Do some stand-up. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to. It's hard, that five, the eight-minute set. I, you know, you have to really work that out. The eight-minute set, have, yeah. And I had the kind of set that was not like a, like a set-up punch. You're a talker. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard. I mean, like Rita Rudner, she was good in those. Remember she Rita? one-liners, yeah. One-liners, she sure. was good. And, and she had a whole character Stephen going. Stephen Wright. Same Fabulous. thing. Fabulous. Yeah, but that's not like who you are. You're not a character act. You no, know, like they had they had very specific personalities. Uh, Emo Phillips, yeah, why, Judy why, Tenuta, why you pick that? those four? Those four, the, the opposite of your style. I mean, yeah, of course they were. What good. What I'm but, saying is that type of thing works better in those little yeah, five know, minute but, spots. But, yeah, but I mean, you know, Jerry can do it, and uh, you, you know, uh, Louis can do it. Yeah, you can do it. You said, you know, I just was. I, I don't know. I I didn't I didn't feel comfortable. Well, where did you start doing stand? What did you do when you you what the, you went to college and then what was the job? Did you go to college? I went to college. I Where? graduated Queens College. Oh, yeah. Free. Twenty sixty four dollars a term. Yeah. And then I and then I got married. Right away. Like twenty two. Oh yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. I met him in college. He was great and smart. Good turned, guy. Turned me into a socialist, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Jewish. Yeah. And then um we had a baby. Yeah. And then I had like a little bit of a breakdown was I was trapped at exit sixty on the L I E while was, he was getting his doctorate at Stony Brook. So I went and got my master's degree. Oh you did? And you... then I then I really freaked out. It was like get me the fuck out of here or Where... I'm gonna kill somebody. Where were 
are you? In Brooklyn? No, in, in, Point, in Long, Long Island. Island. Long Island, right. yeah. Oh, so that was it. So you saw your whole life, then what I, it was going to look like. Well, I had grown up with Italian people all around me. You know, my family, my yeah. cousins, my yeah. aunts and uncles. And now I was all alone in the woods there with two basset hounds and a guy who's getting his PhD. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to get out of here or I'm going to have a break. And a baby. And so we moved to Queens. What was the master's in? Uh, English education. Yeah. I became a. Te- I was teaching. Yeah. So then, you moved to Queens. So where? I, had, I was funny at parties, Mark. Yeah, you yeah. know, I was where was it? Where'd you move in Queens? Forest Hills. Mm. Had a really great apartment. There oh, was yeah. a balcony and everything. Oh yeah. Um, and then um, what happened? I mean, then I you got were teaching. I was teaching, and then I said, I can't do this either. This what is year? Like what? High what, school. High school. Oof. How was that? High school English. What, like, um, it's not easy. I can't Teaching imagine. Is, it's it. a very hard job. Thankless, I imagine. Oh, well, you know, so completely thankless, and all you do is work, mock papers, make up tests, spend the, your whole life mocking papers. And then I imagine, like, the percentage of students that don't give a shit's got to be heartbreaking. It's hard not to take that personally. I would imagine. Well, be- yeah, and you have to be a disciplinarian. Yeah. And I'm, that's not my personality. Yeah. I don't want to tell people what to do. But you got it must have been rewarding to have one or two good kids. Yeah, I right? did have a few good yeah. kids. Yeah. I did. How long did you teach? Uh, oh, several, many years. Oh, really? Lower East Side. Oh, when, really? Yeah, Lindenhurst High School I taught at. Wow, the so home of the Bunt Lindenhurst. They used to have Bunt, Bunt meetings there. Yeah. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. The, that was the the pre. What is that German club? Is that who? Yeah, it? like the Germans yeah. were there yeah, in yeah. Lindenhurst during the yeah. war. Right. And um and then so then um then I said you know what I can't do this anymore the teaching yeah. I it was not I didn't know what to do with my life yeah so <laughs> were you depressed what did the breakdown look like did you were you just like you're, crying you're, like scared. to your husband were you, you yelling at him uh, mean to him probably I don't know where did you take me what, <laughs> why why, why am, am I out here blaming right. him yeah yeah. Um, but it was really my fault. It wasn't his fault. Well, it, well, it's good that you had that moment as opposed to just die inside. You know, in those days, women would accompany their husbands. So I was accompanying him in his life. Mm-hmm. He was getting a PhD. He's a he was a professor. Really, of what? A sociology professor. Where at? A uh, Dowling College out on Long Island. Okay. And so uh, he was he was and loved it. Yeah. And I was miserable. I didn't know what I who I was, what I was doing. All I knew is that I could get a laugh. Right. That's all I knew. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to go into television and become like maybe a producer or something. Right. And so I get a job as a receptionist at Good Morning America. Oh, really? What year is that? That was 1979. Who's on? Who are the people? Joan London and David Hartman. Oh wow! Yeah. I remember them. Remember Vaguely, them? sure. When and I was, I was the mock. When I tell you the worst receptionist, <laughs> I was the, eight o'clock in the morning. They call me up and they'd be like, uh, "Where's Joan London?" I say, "How the hell do I know?" <laughs> Well, I don't know where wait, she is. Wait, when she was on break or yeah. what? No, she'd be off the air that day, maybe yeah. lactating oh, somewhere. Right. She had a lot of kids. Right, all right. So she, like when she had a day off, people who were watching would call? They'd call. Where, where is she? I'd say, where are you calling from? <laughs> Canada. What What do you care in Canada with John London? I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. They, I, this is a funny story. Yeah. One time we had Albert Speer on, the Nazi from the yeah. Third Reich, yeah. the architect. Yeah. He was a guest. He wrote a book. Right. And I, as a receptionist, had to feel the the complaints. The, the Jews, so the, the, the angry the, Jews. The angry Jews are calling. Yeah. Was that Albert Speer you had on this morning? I say yes. The Nazi. <laughs> How, what do you mean you had a Nazi on morning television? I'd be like, yeah. I don't look. I don't book the show. Okay. Yeah. I, it was like, and yeah, you know, I, I'd make jokes. You have to fly them in from Argentina. They're right. a pain in the ass. What yeah. do you want from my life? Right. 
And so I, I never got promoted uh, for years there. Three years, I never really <laughs> that's got so promoted. True. The, the, like, I could just hear someone like, the Nazi? <laughs> what do you do? What, what do you mean you have a Nazi <laughs> on television? On morning television. Now Maybe it'll be better at night. Yeah, now they're on TV every day. <laughs> yeah, now they- Not the original crew. No, not the, these, the Neos. Not, are, not are the OGs, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> these, are, these are the originals. So you never got promoted? So I never got promoted. Then I got fired. And I had a bit of a near-death experience because I had an ectopic pregnancy. I was still married. Uh, that's then the I got that, divorced. That? That's the one that grows in the tube? Yeah, it, it really. It's, Horrible. It's death involved there. So I almost die. I get a divorce. And then I get fired. So I'm like in the trifecta. And, and you got a baby. And I Is have she, a kid. She's 11. She was oh, 11. All right. Okay, so now I'm thinking, what the fuck am I going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? I you're, threw... you're not getting a lot from the uh, sociology professor, I imagine, money There's money-wise. no money there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, right. That's yeah. one thing you'll never hear is, uh, you know, rich sociologist. <laughs> <laughs> Those words don't go together. Mm-hmm. So now what am I going to do? Yeah. I'm going to stand, do stand-up. What was that moment like? So Were I was you, like, How do you do it? Shit. Where do I go? So, so I, I get like five minutes together. How? Just wrote it? I sat with somebody one yeah. day, and I said, "He says like you, yeah. like, but except he wrote everything I said." A down. friend of yours, sort of. I I paid him. Oh, I found this guy. <laughs> I paid him. <laughs> that guy's got a hell of a racket. He, he said to me, yeah, "You know, I'll him. write down what you tell me." So he starts writing oh, yeah. things down, like you know, I never went what to was camp. It, wait, 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 you paid him. Like, what was his job? <laughs> Where'd you find that guy? I need someone to listen okay. to me tell jokes. I can't tell you every single thing in this period of time. Okay, it's have, a long time ago. But right. I was in a show. I I looked in backstage magazine. Yeah. And I saw that they were hiring people to for a show called Fun with Jane, Apologies to Dick. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. And it was going to be like chorus, a chorus line where yeah. you developed. Right. So in that milieu, I oh, found this I, guy. I see. I okay? see. I see. Yeah. So he says, Let, just be fun. tell me a story. He would write, 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 and little jokes would appear. I didn't yeah. even know I was saying Like them. you said, what was the one you just said? that You, you, um, you know, my family uh, didn't believe in camp. They believed in stoop. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Right, Stuff sure. like that. So he'd write things down. That's one of those great early jokes. <laughs> the early jokes. It's a, it's a, it's not, it doesn't even have three beats. You know, it's just a turn, <laughs> and you hope that, you know, you're hoping that the stoop will get the laugh. And like they you, usually did. Yeah, yeah, sure. In New York. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, you know, like, uh, they never took me on vacation. Uh, they tried to pass the uh, the cemetery at Terry off as a trip to the country, which is a true story. <laughs> I only told true stories. What so do you the, mean? They, they, they took you to the cemetery because like, it's nice and it's quiet? It's a very Italian po- thing. They'd be picnics. We'd have sandwiches. I swear to God. Really? And I take. Uh, but, I had but, photographs near, near relatives or no? Dead relatives okay. were in the ground, <laughs> yeah. and live relatives would make the veal and pepper sandwiches. <laughs> we go to like St. John Cemetery in oh Woodhaven. So I tell the guy everything, yeah. and now I have like a few a few minutes, and I try it out like for friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, they, they laughed and went into the five minutes. Right. And then I would try to get on at the improv, and of course, Silver Friedman never put me on. I, I got in there at the last uh, at the end of it. You, you had know, to hang out there for like two till two in the morning in those days. Well, everywhere though. What year was that though for you? That was like, like nineteen eighty two. Because I like I got there. I got to New York like in eighty nine, and it was it was over. You know, it was just me. It was done. Yeah, it was me and uh, <laughs> Jerry Diner. <laughs> Jerry Dinerstein changed yeah, it to yeah, Diner, yeah. yeah. Jerry, me, Jerry Diner, and Bob Shaw, you know, and Uncle Dirty. Uncle Dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so like, so Silver, so 80, what'd you say? 83, 4. So it was, it was still, it was almost, it was, it was not the heyday. Yes, it was. Still? It, yeah, it was. I mean, uh, Kinnison was hot. Robin would stop in to Catch a Rising Star. Catch a Rising Star, but we're talking about the improv. 
Yeah, so the, no, the improv never put me on. I I went to catch. Right, so you get you went I was to Silver, catch, yeah. and she was nasty. No, she was not nasty to people. She was not nice to women comedians, except to Carol Siskin. She was nice to her, yeah. but not to me. Yeah, I say to her, look, I can't stay up till one o'clock. I have a kid, and I have and I have to get up in the morning. And what did she say? It's not about your talent, Joy. You don't hang out here enough. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I know so, they all wanted no help. You to. There was no help. Look, I look, I for years I had problems with Lewis. You know, like I Lewis for the, yeah for the same fucking reason. Like I, for, I, I mean. I tell you, man, because you know, I got there in like '86, and all my buddies were going over the catch, and you know he was making Todd sit there for three hours to do a one in the morning for four people. Todd, Todd, um, Barry. Todd Barry. Yeah. He's funny. He's great. He's really funny. No, they were good guys. Yeah. You know, like I come from the same generation as Louis and Nick DiPaolo, and yeah. a lot of them were working. By the time I come down, I guess I move in '89. You know, and uh, you know, and I he just yeah come down, you know, hang out, and I'm like. <laughs> I can't fucking hang out. I, I could not tolerate him having any control of my life. Yeah. And for years, I held a grudge, right? For years, right? I know. A lot of people have grudges against people like him who ran those clubs. Sure. But the funny thing was, is like, you know, and I've talked about the grudge, and I like and it, it was really active for a long time. And then last year, for the New York Comedy Festival, which he books... Yeah. You know, they asked me to do Carnegie Hall. Oh. And I wouldn't even do... I wouldn't even do the New York Festival because of him. And I'm like, I guess I got it. I'm going to do Carnegie Hall. Like... Yes, I'll Did do, you do like, it. You yeah, and, and now I'm I'm okay with Lewis. I guess. That's right, of yeah. course. It's <laughs> like if you know if he's not putting you on, you're not going to like him. But what are you going to do? That's his job. It might have been right. He might have been right at I, the time. Sure. Well, weren't you in the alternative comedy? No, crowd? there was no alternative then. Yeah, with Janine Garofalo. Nine, that was the mid '90s oh. that that happened. Oh, that was later. Sure. Oh. So like you know like but in the late '80s, I was a Boston comic. I moved down to New York, and I I started in L.A. as a doorman at the comedy store. Got fucked up on drugs. Went back to Boston what where I went to college, and coke, and and pot yeah. and booze, and went back to Boston and started my career doing one nighters, you know. And then I come down to New York to try to get on at those clubs, and all I could get I could get Barry Katz's club, the Boston Comedy Club. But that was a decade before Alternative. I mean, that Alternative. Oh, I thing. say. Yeah, I mean, I was just. Um, I always thought you were in that crowd, but you're no, not. I was. But you know, but we were almost everyone in that crowd at the beginning were were club comics. It was me and Jeff Ross and yeah. Silverman, and you know, even Janine started in clubs. None of us came out of nowhere. Yeah, but, it was just a, a different uh, venue. Yeah, most of the comics I came up with were ten years younger than me. You guys were twenty years younger than me. Right. Yeah, because I started later. Right. So yeah. who was your crew? Like in eighty what eighty two? Well, Susie Essman. Oh yeah. And um, um, Lou DiMaggio. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld was still was around at those days. Gilbert Gottfried. Sure. Uh, Kinnison. Um, but he was out here, and he would go there occasionally. Oh, Kinnison? Yeah. Yeah, he would just kill. Rodney Dangerfield used to come in all the time. Oh, fucking Rodney. Rodney, he was funny. With the, Did you work his club? He was the original guy with the bathrobe out in the street. Remember? Yeah, well, that's because he had that club. He had Dangerfield, so he made it like his house. Like Dangerfield he, was a scary club. It was pitch black. You didn't know who the hell you were talking to. Rick Messina to. used to book it Yeah. back yeah. when he was nothing. Everyone gets big, man. It was a scary club. Hiram Kasdan was always there. We all did pretty well. <laughs> yeah. We all did pretty well. Yeah. I mean, as you say, it's a privilege uh, to be in this business. Well, yeah, if you make and, it and through. Well. Yeah. If you don't make it, you got to get out. You got to get out. No, who do you else. know that gets out? I know. I don't know. A lot of people who, who <laughs> we don't hear about are still on the road. I know. I know. It's it's tragic and it's difficult. and it, you know. But I know very few. How, what, are you going to fire yourself? That's the fuck up thing about... <laughs> 
<laughs> about comedy is like somewhere in the back of your head you're like yeah, I could still hit and yeah no one's gonna tell you like nah, I don't know you know who's really funny and still t- uh, trucking around who? Dom Herrera oh no he's great I see him all the time he's so fucking funny he's great I love Dom I go to see him wherever he is yeah. I travel to Belmore I always see him oh yeah he strikes me funny he's that guy. great oh yeah he's great the last time I saw him he's so fat now and he's uh, like I got, about, I got about like three months to live the way I'm going <laughs> His eyes are closing. Like he looks I, like, the eyes are closing. Yeah, he looks like he, a little Buddha. Oh my God. We, I go eat with him sometimes. He works the store out here a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So like so okay, so who so it's you're a catch and it's uh, the uh, mid eighties. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's still like the early eighties were crazy, but it stayed crazy there for a long time, it right? It did. But I started to get work. I started How to How was that first time on stage? The very first time I got on stage was at the improv. Yeah. And it was like ten o'clock at night. Dirty little corner. And it was packed. Yeah. And I ki- I swear, I'm not yeah. bragging. I killed that night. Yeah. So now, fine, you killed one night. Right. Fucking deal. You got so now, it. now I'm thinking, I'm not doing this again even though I killed. It's too stressful. Right. But I come back to it about six months later. Yeah. And now they put me on at one in the morning, same material in the toilet. And there's like nine people. So now I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? I'm not doing it. Uh, I don't have the ability. I could never <laughs> get a grip on it. I could never so, get a grip. Oh my God, those late night spots, man. To this day, I Fucking walk out there worst. and think I'm going to bomb. I always think, oh, they're going to hate me. Really? So somebody who wrote a book about creative visualization, she says to me, listen, you need to go out there and think, these people are going to love me. I'm yeah. going to be so funny. I said, are you trying to ruin my act? Because <laughs> I need a negative warm-up <laughs> yeah, yeah i need a negative warm-up otherwise i can't do it but i used to do that too i, I mean i used to listen like to the opener and, and i think like and i think you can sometimes feel a crowd like you know when you're in a club and you watch the opener you're like that that table's a problem yeah you know oh yeah. right and, and when <laughs> you're just like that can't but uh but i'd look for that like for years for most of my career i'd be like this is gonna be terrible it's gonna They're be gonna terrible hate me and then i go out there and then right away you're already fighting you know right away you're like you're you're defying them to like you yeah. like it took like five years ago something gave way i was like i don't give a fuck anymore like, it was the best the best thing i started doing larger venues and i'm like they're here to see me i don't give a fuck i live up here I've been up here my whole fucking life. Yeah, I know what's going to happen up here that hasn't happened already. Well, that's that's good that you do that. That's I just good. don't. I'm not afraid anymore. I, I sort of feel that way about my life in general. Like, right, like, oh, that's good. That's better because I don't feel that. So I guess well, it's like, one like, or the like, other. Like, let's say taking on Trump. Yeah, it's like unless they're really going to come and put me in jail. Right. It's like, what is he going to say? You're old. You're fat. He's already <laughs> said all that to me. <laughs> you know. I mean, what is he going to say about me? He's already yeah. written in his book. I have no talent. Yeah. You know. So fuck him. Oh. Wait. <laughs> He wrote that about you? He singled yeah, you out? Yeah, she has no talent, he said. Oh, yeah? In one of his books. Because he didn't like that I did a joke about his hair. Uh-huh. The guy comedians were all doing hair jokes, but right. when a woman did it, he didn't like it. That was my, my first tip off that he was a total misogynist asshole. I don't know. I used to see him when I did Conan. I did Conan with him once, and, and I he, he was scary to me. Like it, He felt like a connected guy. Like he, It felt like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't think after all those casino exactly. deals that he's not in bed with right. the, He's going to find a horse's head on his bed. Yeah, yeah. But his know. wife lives with a horse's ass, so we're even. <laughs> he just felt he felt scary to me. Like, you know, I saw that he was, everyone treated him like a clown. But because he felt... he's a bully, that's why. Right. He's a bully. Yeah. I've been dealing with, listen, Bill O'Reilly came on The View and tried to bully me. I'm on, t- it's on tape one day. He said, he goes like this to me, shut up, listen, and learn, says to me on, wow. the, on the View. Yeah. Five minutes of listening, of like watching this, I get up and I say, I'm walking. I just walk off the set. Yeah. And Whoopi follows me. 
I said, I can't sit with this asshole bully. I said, listen and learn. Fuck you. Who are you? Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. Who are you? Yeah, no, you stand up to everybody. I, and it I, turns out he's a complete moron. $32 million he had to pay somebody. Yeah. Last night on Mara, I said I wouldn't fuck him for $32 million. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw you with Huckabee. You gave you gave it to her. You stick it to him. You stick I it stick to it him. to them. Yeah, yeah. They, they come back for more. Nobody really gets that mad at me, apparently. The politicians don't. No? No. Well, they're like the, we, they don't when, take it seriously. We're comedians. That's why I say we're the most subversive, because they don't take us seriously. Right. And so they think, eh, fuck it. Who cares what Alec Baldwin's doing on television? Yeah, I, but, you know, it, it gives a lot of people sanity, because, like, the, the more right. sensitive people that, you know, like, are, 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 are sort of more progressive and, and somewhat balanced in, in a different way, they have a different, uh, you know, system of thought. Like, if we don't get the funny to them, you know, they'll collapse into themselves. Yeah, that's like, you know, right. a lot of them, a lot of us are fighters, but you know, you, you, you get tired of fighting and you get depressed. You know, there is a, a sort of a, a futility and a hopelessness that like for a while there, like I had to watch, I had to watch <laughs> Bill. I had to watch John Oliver just to make Bill sure. Yeah, yeah. Just to make sure, you know, every week that, you know, there was a counterbalance to this. Yeah. So I didn't fall into complete hopelessness. Well, you know, I think that that's the, one of the purposes that we serve, which yeah. is saying it. I mean, not to give us so much credit that we're like Aristotle and Socrates, yeah. but it serves a purpose. I remember when one time I was watching Gilda Radner on the Johnny Carson show, yeah. and she said to him when she was a scared little girl up in Canada, yeah. she'd watch Carson at night and she'd say, okay, the world is okay because Johnny's there. <laughs> yeah. And it stuck with me, that little uh, rap she gave, that's, you know? That's it's touching. It's very touching. It's true. I mean, you know, people watch The View and they yeah. listen to you yeah. and they say, okay, they're still okay, so right? maybe things are not going to be so bad. That's why I still like live television, you know, when I see it, because it's like, hey, this isn't pre-recorded. Because for, <laughs> for years, like, like I still don't, like, I, I still like just sit down and see what's on. Yeah. Because somewhere in my heart and in my mind, I think there's a guy operating it. Like, there's a guy choosing to put this on now. Yeah, you, you that's know? right. But there isn't. So so it's all programmed by, you know, whenever. But, like, when people are alive, I'm like, okay, that's happening now. Yeah. So there are other people in the world. Yeah. Well, that's the secret of The View, too, is that... Some one of the secrets is that it's live. Yeah. We're making it up as we go along, yeah. like you are. Right? No, it's so, great. You know, it was it was an exciting time. So when you did stand up, yeah. when you did it, like you were were you working as a comic? Did you get that? Were you headlining? Were well, you out I had, there? there was a booker named Ruth Stern. Do you remember her? I don't remember. Ruth she Stern. she was the most annoying person you would ever. I mean, I remember a couple of them, but I didn't do a lot of those one nighters in New York. She was Roger so, Paul. I knew Roger Paul was hit booker at that time. But she yeah. was a booker that was at the Friars Club. And uh -huh. They'd say the the joke about her was that she was so annoying they threw her off of Schindler's List. <laughs> That's the joke. That's a classic Friars joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um and she used to book me in the tri-state area, yeah. country clubs and things because I couldn't travel. I had a kid. Yeah. And so I I gave I give her a lot of my uh, credit. But so you were doing like what uh, two two person shows? You go out I with do, an opener. They or have what? an opening act. And like I would, a young comic would come out. Yeah. Like a new guy. Yeah, because the Jews, I'll give the Jews were the best audience. They, yeah. First of all, the Jews pay for entertainment. Yeah. A lot of groups do not. Uh -huh. And they would pay for it, and they're in the country clubs or wherever they are, in the theaters at the B'nai B'rith or at the yeah. JCC, wherever the hell they <laughs> congregate, and they pay you. Yeah, and they liked you. They 
liked me, I would say 99% of the time. There was always a 1% where it was like orthodox and then they would turn on me. <laughs> no, yeah. One group was a rabbi and his wife was sitting there yeah. and I did a joke about, I don't know, uh, about uh, that movie um, where the uh, Melanie Griffin falls in love with a Hasid. Yeah. And I don't know, I can't remember the joke. <laughs> <And>, um, <laughs> Caused some trouble. Though. She was like, oh, can I try on your tzitzis? You yeah, know, yeah, you, right. your tzitzis would look so good on my right, tzitzis. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they wanted their money back. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they drew the line that's, that's it oh so they God. helped me a lot and then I would get shows I got a show called Way Off Broadway in 87 on Lifetime Larry David was one of my writers Oh really? Yeah. But did you do uh, did you do uh, any of the uh, hotels? Were they still around? What like uh, in the Catskills? Oh yeah. Right. I did the Concord? You know, I did the <laughs> Neverly. I did all of them with their smelly back rooms. You know, just shkivats. Yeah. You know, and I did those. Yeah, I did all that. <laughs> they they paid some money. You know, yeah. I, I made I made a decent living. They're all gone now. All gone. Yeah. All and, gone. You know, gambling's coming up there. They might come back. Oh yeah. But not the way they were. No, because yeah. like it must have been. It must have been towards the end, though, like in the 80s, right? But it yeah. was still like, well, it was still New York Jews Even coming Even the 90s, up. I think. I used to do Fold's but, View. But was it mostly Hasids or was it all kinds? No Hasids. They Not were regular yet. Jews when I was there, yeah. Regular, <laughs> regular Jews. Regular re- reformed. <laughs> well, that, and they're a good audience. Sure, because they're like the, that's the sort of history of American comedy. Part of it is- it's uh, Jewish. It's, it's all, yeah, it comes Abs- from up there. Right, absolutely. So, uh, all right, so wait, so you, Larry David was a writer for you? Yeah, on, he was a writer on Way Off Broadway. Yeah, that was called. a TV show? TV show on Lifetime. On we Lifetime? Had R- Rick Derringer was my band. Oh yeah, rock and roll, yeah, sure, rock and roll, hoochie cool. We had uh, you know well. Laura yeah. Branigan. We had on Daryl Strawberry. A lot of good people. Yeah, you've done a lot of shows in weird places, <laughs> like yeah, like uh, like network wise. Like because I was looking at your your yeah. your, your stuff. Yeah. It's like you are you're on TV a lot, but you were in some of those zones where it's sort of like Wait, what channel is that? <laughs> HLN. <laughs> I was on HLN. I had I had a great show on HLN. I wish they had not canceled me there. But what was the what, what year was this way off Broadway thing? Eighty seven. Huh. And then after that, I got- Was that like the beginning of Lifetime? Was that the- Yeah, I think it was in the early stages And what was the show? The show was a variety show. Oh, that was that. With okay. music and, and interviews and stand-up. Wow. So yeah. and, and people come and Larry was there? So you were and friends Larry, with Larry? Yeah, I was friends. I'm still friends. Larry would do like cold openings uh, uh, with him. He was in them. Yeah. <laughs> a, a character, Larry Block, I think was the name yeah. of his character. Right. And he said to me recently, he said, that's where I really started to learn to improv. Oh, really? Yeah, on that like show. he does on Curb Was that before Fridays or after? After Fridays. Right. Yeah, it was after. Okay, so... And they, he, he was broke in those days, you know? Yeah. He needed the job. He, he didn't know what was going to happen. No. He How would he know? He, did, you, did you ever see him do stand-up? Oh, yeah. He's notorious. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, to, and Scatron, he just walked. All the comedians would come in when I he know, would get on. Right. Because they knew that he would walk out or turn on the audience. I mean, if a, a girl would look uh, at her watch yeah, during his act, yeah. he would, well, you're bored? And then he would walk off. <laughs> One time, this the, the great story is he came out there, he just looked at the audience yeah. and went, eh, I don't think so. And yeah. he walked off. <laughs> <laughs> and Lewis would tolerate that, but make me sit around all night. Because Lewis found that to be funny, I guess. Well, no, you got to, back in the day, it was like you, you were kind of half hoping someone would lose it. You know, the, no yeah. one does that anymore because everyone's got phones and people are so self-aware and they're self-conscious. But when early in the 80s, yeah. I, I, I saw so many comics just snap out, <laughs> just like fucking lose their minds. <laughs> Well, stage. there were a lot of drugs in those days. Sure, but yeah. like, like was Belzer around then? Oh, yeah. Belzer was MC. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so right you there. were a catch then. I was a catch. Yeah, the, yeah. Sure. yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a sweet guy. 
I love him. He's great. All this conspiracy stuff that he's been talking about with about JFK is now coming to fruition. Finally, he's going to get gonna the, see pa- it. the papers. Yeah. yeah, but like, but who else was there? Like that was the mid '80s, so that was a big time. But he was there for a while before Richard I Lewis got there. already gone. Lewis was in L.A. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like, who were some of the other kids? Colin Got Gottfried. Got Colin. Colin there- Quinn. Yeah, he's a great guy. I love Colin. He's a sweetheart. So yeah. funny. I, yeah, I love him too. I, I, we, we, there's some we have a there's some tension with us. Like, I, Why? I, I, what I, kind of tension? I don't know. Yeah, we, I, you know, I, I was an asshole, I guess, probably. People like your podcast. You've turned yourself in a lot. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's yeah. good. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get him on, but he's like, you know, I said, do we have a problem? He goes, we might. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> is there anything I could do? Can we, can you know we? who else was around at that time? Oh. I, mostly in Boston, though. Jonathan Katz was so funny. Oh, he's great. Love yeah. Jonathan Katz. Oh, he's great. Very subtle. You know, his, his jokes were... The, the, he had the guitar act that was funny. It, oh yeah, no, it's the guitar at the end where the voices come in because the pre-recorded voices. But that joke he did about you know when does life begin? You know the the argument, the debate about when life begins. Yeah, he goes for me. It's after that first cup of coffee. <laughs> and, uh, I can relate. It's clever, but you know, like taking the the, the abortion. Yeah, how you can do an abortion joke? You know, and then you know, disarm it. Yeah. No, he's great. Yeah, I've had him on here. I did uh, the Dr. Cat show. I did that one, too. Where people say, you know, what is there anything off limits for comedians? Yeah. Is there anything off limits for you? You asking me? Yeah. Well, you, whatever it is, got to be able to handle it. You have the freedom to do whatever you want. So whatever's off limits is, is your personal capacity. So you want to try something? You know, you want to push the envelope? Yeah. You know, if you can shoulder the burden of what might come at you, uh-huh. then then so be it. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. it is, so nothing's off limits, but... On the other side of that, you're going to have to answer for it yeah, if you right. go too far. I know. I, I like to shoot up. I don't like to shoot down. Right. You know? So yeah. if you shoot up, you're in, I think, you're in pretty safe territory. But, you know, look at James Corden. He got in trouble last week or two weeks ago yeah. for making a joke about Weinstein on the, you know, and Rose McGowan, she took a shot at him only. Yeah. Not a lot of comedians were doing it, but why him? And I thought, you know, he's making jokes about Weinstein. He's not making jokes about the victims. Right. So I think that that's okay. Well, there's a lot of angry people, a lot of, uh, you know, and rightfully so, and it's a difficult climate. To, you know, it's like you, you, there was a time where I come from a bunch of comics, like from Kenneth and I, you know, I spent time with Sam, yeah. where, you know, pushing the envelope was what you did. Yeah, like, you know, when, right. when, like there was a, when, when all of a sudden it's like you can't do rape jokes, there was a lot of comics who were like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to figure out how Chris to do Bra- it. Chris uh, Rock was doing sure. that, date rape jokes. Yeah. So, so like, and then, you know, there are repercussions, but again, it's it's legal. It's your right. Yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you want. But then you you're going to get the blowback. But that's it. That's yeah. what, when people ask me about that, well, it, is there censorship? No, but like, you you got to be ready to take the hit yeah, but or, or answer to there's it. There's a lot of PC now. I mean, and people are always taping you whether they're, they're allowed to or not. Taking you, know, you out of context? It takes you out of context in a comedy club. You could say something and then it appears on Twitter out of context and then you get screwed. So it's a little bit... I don't like stand-up anymore like that. It, it's but, inhibiting. But there's PC, but there's also just things that evolve. Like, you know, it's like, all right, you, I, I can take the word retard out. You know, I don't need to use that word yeah, anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, tranny. Okay. I, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah. I, it's not going to kill me not no, to use that word true. anymore. So there's an evolution, too. Like, there's a lot of words that people don't say anymore because over time yeah. they were hurtful. Yeah, but it's not the word. I, I can relate to what you're saying yeah. about the word. I can take the word out. I don't need to sure, use the word right, tranny. Right. I mean, I was chastised by uh, by Glad one time when I was on by HLN. Who? Glad, you know, yeah. the uh, gay and lesbian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and uh, they because they, I won a war, an award from Glad, so yeah. I'm I'm on their side, and they know it. But yeah. they called me up and they said, "Don't use tranny; it's it's offensive." I said, yeah. "Really? I thought it was affectionate." Yeah, and it's not. Well, there's arguments so within the community, yeah. right? RuPaul said he's he, he's fine with the word. But that's there, RuPaul. He can get away with it. I know, I know. I it's know. like I can say bitch and yeah, cunt. Maybe yeah. you can't. I, I've thrown a few cunts around. <laughs> you know, the Brits use twat and cunt. I know. I, for I, everybody. The I've dog used, is a cunt. The twat I know, is, I know. The cat is a twat. I've used that defense before. It doesn't, you know, they're like, move to Britain then, you cunt. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, Lenny Bruce made the case. It's just a sure. word. It's just a word. But it, it depends on the intent. If the intent is to harm and hurt you, then I'm offended. But if it's not yeah, to I, harm I, you. I, I don't, like, I don't register it. You know, I got, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't register it the same way, but we're comics. Yeah. You know, so, so our sensitivity, you know, like I, when I hear stuff after yeah. being around comedy for decades, yeah. you know, I've heard everything you know, on stage or off. You, you know, know, I want to tell you something. I was on Access Hollywood set yesterday. Yeah. How was, was that? And, and like being in a spaceship? It was actually fine. No, yeah. they were fun. It was yeah. two, two women that I liked. Anyway, there was a guy there who came up to me again and he works on on the air he goes I really love you Joy you're doing great show yeah. and you're so inappropriate yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah. I say really <laughs> I said um, like give me an example oh there's so many examples I can't even give you one and I'm thinking is that the word to describe me inappropriate and I, th- I don't think that Mark Marin yeah. and, and Larry David would think I'm inappropriate no and Susie Essman they no. don't think but this guy thinks I'm inappropriate so what to your point about yeah. comedians we have a different way of speaking well also like you know uh, it, like inappropriate that just, to him that just means it might just be you make him uncomfortable because you ask questions that you know put people on the spot yeah maybe like, that it might could, be a misapplication know. of the what does appropriate mean in the context of what you do you're know. the one that's supposed to be inappropriate well the comedian we are comedians right. and that's what's uh, yeah, we're social morons we, uh, <laughs> we we're, are in a way no no doubt gotten, just, all of us got in trouble as kids every one of us i've had girlfriends tell me like not to do it at parties like don't make it about you the whole thing and i'm like <laughs> oh. so all of a sudden you got a black belt in, in storytelling and telling jokes you don't want she doesn't want to be upstaged or what not this one but like years ago oh yeah do you have a girlfriend now i do yeah and so what's she like she's a painter she's a, lives in a different world like oh. yeah, she yeah, abstract artist. It's That's a, good. You don't want a comedian for a girlfriend. No, I tried that once. Yeah, who, yeah. who was that? Anybody I know? Uh, no, she was a. I don't think so. Mishna Wolf. Uh, she was a. She was a comic. She's not anymore. What I, she, she, I married her. You married her. Yeah, and then went, that didn't work out. But you know, like you said before, how yeah. does the comedian fire herself? You say she's not anymore. Well, I don't know what happened there. She wanted to be a writer more, you yeah. know. And she, a lot yeah, of comics became writers. The smart ones. <laughs> Well, if you have the discipline to sit there and do that part. Well, the people that were able to say, like, oh, I've got this talent, but do I want to live that fucking life? No. So yeah. I can, how do I apply this talent otherwise? You yeah. become a producer, you become a writer, yeah, you yeah. know, you write for other people. Yeah, but I think a lot of those people would like to be performers. Yeah, but they couldn't cut it. Yeah. I mean, Judd Apatow's back, but, like, what's he got to lose? <laughs> yeah, but I, he's not a funny comic, is he? He is. He's a funny stand-up? He I've is. never seen it. Well, you know, he started as a stand-up, and then he became went out, and he became a joke writer, and then a producer, and he made a billion dollars, and now he's back doing stand-up. He came back around, he starts doing stand-up again, but he's humble. Like, he knows he's about where he's about a middle, uh-huh. you know? He's a middle act. Right. But, uh-huh. but he's got he's a great joke writer. He wrote jokes for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. So we watched him sort of work it out and work it out. Now he's got a special, and uh, the jokes were great. I mean, and he was great. He you know he he what's got the, back on it. What's the persona? You know, if you don't have a persona on stage, that's probably what we're talking about when they become Finding writers. The persona, they yeah. really didn't have a persona. What well, took me twenty years to to become me? 
It doesn't happen overnight. Like it's like your persona. Yeah. Well, you you didn't decide it. No, you just like it come out of you. No, but you know, but because I was forty when I started, I yeah. already had a, a persona, a personality, and I had a whole 20, 30, 40 years of material already. But you were done. You were, you were done a lot of things. Yeah, you. I had you done were the who you are. People say, oh, she's the one who's a teacher, or right, whatever. Right. But you know, when you're twenty, you don't have that much information. You're growing yet. up in it's public. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, his persona is like he's a father. You know he's uh, he's aggravated about things. He, That's good. Yeah, no, he, he's it's good. It, like has a point of view. Definitely has a point yeah, of view. Yeah, and he worked hard. And I, yeah, you know, I'm going to talk to him. I don't know. I think like he's been on here before. But he had a special. Uh, so, but so, how did you get the view? How did that happen? I, I went to a um, somebody booked me for free. Yeah, for Milton Berle's 89th birthday party. <laughs> so you did all that fryer shit, huh? You were always. Over. I was always because they were the ones who were booking me. Yeah. So I was involved with that group. So this guy calls me up and he says, you know, it's a big party yeah. at the Waldorf, and could you get up and do ten minutes? So I say, all right. So I go to the Waldorf with yeah. my husband, who's now my husband. Yeah. And we we're sitting there, and who's in the audience? Uh, we just filmed in Barbara Walters, oh, Arlene wow. Dahl. It was it was like Madame Tussauds over there. <laughs> uh, you know, Esther Williams uh, swam in. Oh my gosh. And. Uh, <laughs> so I get up on stage and I talk about how Milton is 89 and the wife's like 50. Yeah. And I do this analogy to Salman Rushdie who got married while he was in hiding three times yeah. because, you know, he's a guy. The yeah. women forget about yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I get off and they really, a lot of people laughing and I get yeah. off and Steve, my husband says to me, well, everybody was laughing except Barbara Walters. I said, well, I'm not going to work with her. What do I give a shit? She's a newswoman. What do I care? Yeah. A few months later, they yeah. call me in, and uh, then I got the job on the View. She was she was watching. Uh huh. She doesn't seem like a big laugher. She can. She can. <laughs> okay. There Sometimes you go. we call her the comedy removal service. You know, <laughs> the CRS has arrived. But she she get you know she's good to me. She gave me the job. So yeah. So you were the original crew. I was with Star Jones, Meredith Vieira, and Debbie Matinopoulos. And De- oh, I don't Debbie. remember her. Debbie. She was only on for oh, a year I, and a yeah, half. Yeah, yeah. Then she went to the insider. She got a nose job, and she became a, a, one of those girls. Yeah. Who's but the other one? A Vieira. Girl, Meredith Vieira. She's amazing because she like she's one of those people that it seem, she just lives on television. Like <laughs> I, like she just always looks. I don't know. There's people that are just television people. Well, she's, no, she has a real life. No, she has three children. Right. She has a husband who has MS. Uh, yeah, she's she's got a real life. No, I know, there. but I mean, she just fits on TV. She fits. Like she, no matter like for for ages. Do you know what she I mean? She has the right features that's and the I right mean. voice. That's what I mean. I have the wrong features and the wrong no, voice. No, I like that, though. That's what makes you it's raw. You know what I mean? Like You know what I mean? It's well, like, I'm it's not a, a newsreader, but if you're a newsreader, you have to have a certain but, nose. But I like that energy, because Regis, too. Regis is raw. You know, like he, But he's a broadcaster, but he's like all over the, the place. The best. He's great. Let me tell you something about Regis. Yeah. That man had to get out there and make some, like Rumpelstiltskin every <laughs> fucking day. And one time I saw him at the gym. Believe yeah. it or not, I was at the gym. Yeah. And I said to him, well, what are you going to talk about? He goes, I got nothing and I as he goes on the air and I'm watching him and I hear him say to Kelly or whoever the hell yeah. was there at the time I ran into Behar I said to her I got nothing that was his story <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's it that's brilliant oh no it's I I was a big fan you know, yeah. with Kathy Lee the two of them like I would watch it as, as a guilty pleasure because it was like real live TV that's right and she was nuts she was a little nutty and, and, and like you know, she, she's, was just... she was Jewish and became a, a born again or something oh yeah she's Jewish her name is Kathy Epstein or no. something yeah Yes. Stop it. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Really? Yeah, she gave it up. She gave up the Jew? She's Christian now, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. And now, and what's that other woman, Hoda? Hoda. Hoda, yeah. yeah. Where did she come from? 
Um, what do you mean? Where'd she come from? I don't I like. I don't watch a lot of TV, but it's just one day the two of them are there, and I'm like, "How did that?" Where's I that? don't know. Who knows? And I watch the view. I, tur- I sometimes I turn it on. I'm like, "Who? Who, who are all these new people?" <laughs> I know. What, is this rotating thing? I know. <laughs> I know. It's true. But you were there at the beginning, beginning. and it was a, it was a great idea. Got a lot of huge press. And you, yeah. how long was that first run? Um, well, it's twenty years on the. Air. I know, but you say you didn't. You do I went a, to like sixteen or seventeen. I got fired. Why'd you get fired? I the, who the, who fuck the hell does knows? That? They got rid of me. Then they begged me to come back. They got rid of you. Yeah. What was the What was the uh, thinking? The excuse. That? Yeah. They said that uh, they had were firing a Republican, so they had to fire a Democrat. That's a lie. That's bullshit. What the I, blonde I was girl pop- was it? The blonde yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. What was Please. her name? Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Yeah. Is she still on? No, she went to Fox, yeah. and then she left Fox, and I don't know where she is now. So then, so so they, they, they when you when they asked you to come back, did they sweeten the deal? Yeah, I said, give me the show me the money, and I'll come back. <laughs> and also, they said we're going to talk politics, and it's uh-huh. going to be smart. Oh yeah. So I said okay, and it, you know it wasn't that smart in the beginning, but it's got it's gotten smarter. So what about the friars? <laughs> like you know you were hanging around all those old Jews for yeah, all that time. Yeah, yeah. I watched them drool in the in the in the, the luncheonette there. <laughs> You know, Henny Youngman, he'd be in like a coma. To a coma. Yeah, he turned a weird color towards the end, didn't he? He was sit- he'd be <laughs> sitting there and just like his head down, and you say hi, Henny, and he'd go like this: "Take my wife, please." No, he did like, not. He, yeah, he'd, he'd wake like, up saying, "Yeah, that? out of a yeah." Oh. Like start his material right so, away. So, but you knew Freddie Roman, Freddie Roman, yeah, and uh, and all those guys were Freddie uh, Roman. He had the like this articulation. He'd go, uh, he'd say, you know, was so and so has cancer. Yeah, cancer. You know, cancer <laughs> on behalf of the members of the Friars, like as if he always. <laughs> Suddenly went to elocution school yeah. in England. Alan King. Alan King, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was around, right? I opened for Alan King a couple of times. He yeah. would drink like a pint of booze back there gin, and then go right? gin and then go out there and kill. It's 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 a weird thing when he <laughs> learned the backstage habits of people. Yeah. That that's how he got into his place. Also, uh, Don Rickles. Oh, I opened, yeah. I worked with Don Rickles. Oh, yeah. And he'd be back there drinking and oh, yeah. he said, that's the only way I can get out there. No kidding. Yeah. I, you know, I've i seen it before. I was never one of those people, but I understand it because the same kind of nerves that you have and that I used to have. Yeah. Like, but They have I, it too. Right. But if I did that, <laughs> then I'd just be loopy. Me like, too. they know how to manage it. Like, because I remember when I did Conan once and Alan King was on, that I looked in his dressing room before he got there because I was talking to Frank and they always bought the little Tanqueray. It was yeah. a Tanqueray, yeah, yeah. bottle of Tanqueray. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. he needed it. He needed it. That See, was the, I, I, the problem with me is that I couldn't do drugs or alcohol. I really was not capable of it. So I had to go out there just with raw <laughs> craziness and anxiety. That's, and that's why what, it's hard for me. And that's, that's, what, that's what serves you. But when, I don't have a crutch. That's a, you really don't? I don't have a crutch. I need a crutch. Yeah? I don't have one. I never took Valium to go out there. Nothing. Susie Essman and I are on the same page, but we talk about this all the time. I love Neither her. one of yeah. us. Of course, she's the best. Yeah. Neither one of you have it. No crutches. Yeah. And you did some You did some acting? I did. Yeah? How'd I was in go? Hall Pass last couple of years ago, that yeah. movie by the Farrell Brothers. Oh, yeah. Farrelly Brothers. Yeah, yeah they, Brothers. They, use, they use a lot of comics. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're kind of fun. And what, did you work with Woody Allen? I've been in two things with Woody Allen. Yeah. Manhattan Murder Mystery. Yeah. And that last thing, he did A Crisis in Six Scenes. Yeah. Not funny. Not funny? I think it, no. Nah. Did you have, uh, were you, uh, did you have a version to working with him? Because of his no, history? No, not really. No, I, in fact, I, you know what? I, no, I'm not, I mean, you know, when I did Manhattan Murder Mystery, yeah. it was right oh, no, in was the wrong. middle oh. of the of the whole thing. Every day was the big headline about Soon Yi on the post. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. And um, 
I mean, it's a it's a skeevy what he did. Yeah, it's a skeev. Let's yeah. face facts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to to sleep with the kid. Yeah. And then take pictures of her naked and leave them around. Then Mia Farrow had to find them. That's disgusting. Yeah. But I don't think that he molested the kid, the little one. Yeah. That's a whole other perversion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so for, that's where you fall with it. You don't think he did? That. No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. It's not that I don't think it. I I talked to a social worker who said that she was in touch with the experts at Yale University who, oh, yeah? uh, who basically cleared it on that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And you know, so he did and, some and Moses, one of his kids, yeah. said that he didn't. Yeah. So I don't know what the real truth of this of it is. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was it interesting to work with him? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just he's to, standing right there. That's what he Just to right watch there. the way he operates. You know, he only does one take. Yeah. He doesn't have this one single take. shots and yeah, he doesn't go into a lot of takes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um and um you know, he he only was talking to Diane Keaton on yeah. the set. He uh-huh. he, he ignored me completely everybody. Sure. Ignored everybody. Well, they but have this a last time when I worked with him on Crisis in Six Scenes, I gave him a joke. I mean, I said to him, you know what, Woody? The way you did it last time was better. Yeah. Really? He said to me, I said, yeah. He said, I'm going to do it the way you said. And I thought, look at this. Look. And the funny. I'm writing for Woody Allen. Here's the funniest story about Woody Allen, and then we can wrap this up. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I'm living with you. Okay. (laughs) So when I did the audition for Manhattan Murder Mystery, I just had to get up there, and he just looked at me. He didn't even ask me to do anything. Yeah. I was supposed to play Ron Rifkin's wife. Oh yeah, Jewish. Yeah. So the the costume designer um, uh, said to him, "You know, she's not Jewish." Uh-huh. And Woody said, "Does she know this?" <laughs> I didn't know. That's very funny. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking, Joy Behar. That was a lot of fun. This is a very interesting thing you got going here. Mark. I appreciate it. Nice I, to I'm see so you. happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's our show. Don't forget to go to podswag.com/slash/punch. To get an official signed copy of Waiting for the Punch, that's P-O-D-S-W-A-G dot com slash punch. Thank you, Joy Behar. Thank you, people. Uh, Be careful out there on Halloween. No one comes to my house except my neighbor's kid because it's a big hill. It's a big walk up to the garage. But uh, I'll play some song. I'll play something that I've probably played before somewhere. All right, hold on. Hold on. Boomer lives. Mm-hmm.